0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. A happy Tuesday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We're here every day, 10 a.m. to noon. You can join us by going to YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We ask you to please subscribe to the show and flip on the notification switch if you prefer, as many of you have, and many of you continue to do, to join us in podcast form, that's great too. Go wherever you get your podcast, Google or Apple or Spotify, wherever, type in Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Fellas, Casey McAllister, Paul Fritzner, good morning.
1: Good morning. Hello, Tom. How are you How's everybody it? doing today? Miserable.
2: We got a little reevaluating to do, don't we,
0: today, Tom? I think we do. I smell a bunch of napalm. <laughs> I I think you're on to something there. I don't even know where to start. I really don't. We can try. But seriously, is there one good thing that you could say about anyone who wore the Bengal stripes last night? The coaching? Well, let's see. You know you don't have Jamar Chase. So that means you still have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Hayden Hurst. It's not a bad group. But then what happens? T. Higgins doesn't make a catch until the second quarter. Hurst, not one catch until the very end of the first half. Zero. Zero first half points. All right, then you always hear this thing about halftime adjustments. The first two Cleveland drives go for touchdowns. Jacoby Brissett looked like Josh Allen last night. 25 nothing at the end of the third quarter, game over. Raise your hands if you stayed up and watched the fourth quarter. I watched every play. Yeah, me too. The offensive line exposed against the first decent pass rushing team they have faced since Dallas in week two. Poor Jonah Williams. Oh. Poor Jonah Williams. Pfft. The group allows five sacks. The Bengals had 100 yards of offense. Their first seven possessions of the game, they had seven first downs. Three of the seven came on the first drive of the game before the pick. The run game, non-existent again, as it's been all year. 36 rushing yards the quarterback he has no chance he has no chance even the punter kevin huber no can't say much good about him what about the normally dependable field goal kicker missed a field goal and a point after touchdown last night it all added up to the bully on the block just simply knocking the snot out of the bengals in prime time 32 13. Cleveland had not won a game for five weeks, five and a half weeks technically, and had injuries to key players all over the field, including four starters. Put this into context for a minute. Bailey Zappi, quarterback up in New England, backup guy to Mac Jones. You know that name? He led his offense to 38 points against that Cleveland defense. Bailey Zappi. You can't name unless you're a hardcore fan. You can't name a single weapon on that New England team that's as good as anyone that started on the Bengals offense last night. Not one. So here we are four and four on the year. Maybe more importantly, o and 3 in the division. So you start thinking about tie breaks and all that kind of thing, right? If you need to get to 10 wins to make the playoffs, does anyone out there, raise your hands, believe this team is capable of going six and three the rest of the way, especially considering the schedule, you know who you're playing on the back half, and most importantly now, for the first time in two years, the team's health. Defensive starters were dropping like flies last night. I'm not saying that tongue in cheek. It's hard to watch when guys get hurt. It's a violent game. Played by big, strong, powerful, fast human beings. Teams and players are going to have injuries. Who can even play in the secondary after what happened last night? Awuzie, he might be out for the year. We don't know that yet. But he's walking around with a brace. He's got crutches on. They had to cart him off the field. Now the Panthers come to town this Sunday at 1 o'clock. I think all of us thought that's a gimme. Panthers are 2-6. and six. Is that a gimme anymore? To make matters worse elsewhere in the afc north the division leading ravens got even better yesterday they acquired bears linebacker roquan smith all he's done so far is lead the nfl in tackles he's a two-time pro bowler and they say it's the one glaring weakness of this baltimore defense linebacker not anymore in baseball news game three of the world series rained out in philly they'll try it again Tonight, bad news for baseball would be if that series goes to game six and seven, they're still going to have a travel day. So that means Major League Baseball's World Series on television would go up against college football on Saturday where you have Tennessee, Georgia. You have Alabama, LSU. Okay? You've got just two games to name a couple. And then Sunday would have to go up against the National Football League. Sadly, a very tragic story broke this morning, and this is a really sad story. Adam Zimmer, the former Vikings co-defensive coordinator, son of former Bengals defensive coordinator and Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, he died at 38 years young. Details are still coming. He was working this season for the Bengals as an offensive analyst. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Zimmer family. All right, fellas, coming up on the show today, we have Zim Hude. Can't wait to hear what he's going to have to say because he is the ultimate glass half full dude. But I don't know if there's there's even any water in the glass right now, but he'll find a way to spin it. Paul Doherty, on the other hand, at 11, maybe not so much. And then to probably try and lighten your day because we can't let a football team ruin our Tuesday. And all the beautiful things God created in this world, we cannot let a football game ruin our day. So Tracy Jones will try and lighten things up a little bit later on today. All right, I just said it. I didn't know where to start. I couldn't find much positive, if any positive, about the game last night. Casey, you are normally. The glass is three quarters full, but you've already dropped napalm on the air today. Yeah. Your thoughts of that debacle last night in Cleveland, Ohio, um, if any. You know, it's it's
1: just a shame, really, because there's just so many things that went wrong yesterday. It just felt like we weren't going to win the game right when the tipped interception happened. It, it just felt like, oh, here we go again. I mean, that was his third, third time in a row throwing an interception at – the beginning of the drive, their first drive for the against the Cleveland Browns. That was his third time doing that. So it just felt like, oh, it's the same game. It's the same. We're not ready to face them. Bad matchup. Can't defend Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. Um, but what made matters worse was it felt like going into this game, we had the upper hand in health we should have been able to do pretty well against them with what we considered T Higgins a number 1, Tyler Boyd a number 1. They don't do anything. Joe Mixon doesn't do anything. We don't run the ball. The whole It's
0: more they can't run the ball, but you're well, right, they didn't run the ball. The first 21 plays they threw it 17 times.
1: Right. And I'm It's like they didn't even watch any film from the Browns the last two or three weeks. They just didn't. They, there's no way they did because they wouldn't have tried to throw it 17 times. They would have tried to run it down their throats. But what, what is frustrating is every week it's something new with Zach or a player, and there's never any consistency with what the issue is. One week it's the line. One week it's Joe Mixon. One week it's the defense. One week it's Joe Burrow not doing great because of his appendix. It's just there's so many inconsistencies. Um, that unfortunately the Bengals kind of stink right now. They kind of they kind of stink, and the, the salt in the wound with che- Cheeto being hurt for probably the year. It's not looking well, good. we
0: don't know that yet, so we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It didn't look good last night. Uh, actually, uh, we
2: do know that. Oh, do. As Casey was talking, Ian Rappaport just said is likely a torn ACL. Uh,
1: mm. Yeah. So I mean, that that's just what a shame. More He's played to the wound. his tail
0: off, man. I mean, if there there is a bright spot, and there are a number of them on the defensive side. Maybe not last night, but but uh, the defensive side of the ball has been very good, and he has been at least, you know, pro football-focused stuff, one of the top two or three corners, if not number one on any given week in the entire league. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Paul? Well, what I'm going with
2: here is that I think this was more of an indictment on the Bengals than it was anything for the Browns. I, I think this you was— You still won't give agree. it up. Agreed. You no, still I, I, no, won't we... give it up to the Brownies. No, I—, I, I told you this team will not stink. I won't. And, and I mean— I really do think that this is this is way more of an indictment on the Bengals and their injuries and how poorly they were set up to play last night against a team that they did not match up well with than it is against a, a Browns team that's going to go out there and compete at a high level for the rest of the season I, I just really don't believe that at all and it's just it's just a it, it was really frustrating last night in every facet of the game you mentioned the kicking both, McPherson and Hubert, the, the run game was completely non-existent. Joe Mixon, what, did, did he even run for 30 yards? I don't 36
0: even th- was the total 30. rushing number okay. in the game. Yeah,
2: I, I don't even, I thought, I think he ended under 30, didn't, didn't yeah, Joe? Because Joe scrambled 30. for the first down. So I, I just, it, it was a frustrating game to watch all over the place. You come out of the second half and you think the Bengals haven't given up a second half touchdown this year. And then what do the Browns do? They score a touchdown on their first three offensive drives. Just such a frustrating game all over the place. And like I said, now you're in a situation – we were talking about this before the show started. Now you're in a situation where if you're the Bengals' front office, you have a decision to make. You have a decision as a front office to figure out and, – and only you really know the answer to this. Sure, we just heard about Awuzie, but you know as a front office – how hurt DJ Reader is, how hurt Eli Apple is, Jamar Chase, some of these guys that are important to your team that you haven't fully announced how long they're going to be out yet. Is Jamar Chase going to be out longer than four to six weeks? Sometimes you start to ease into that, and then as those injuries go along, they linger. Yes, you have the bye weekend there. It is a little encouraging that they didn't put him on the the IR, so maybe that tips your hand a little bit that they say, okay, maybe he's not going to be out seven, eight, nine weeks. But the trade lines today, the trade the trade deadline is this afternoon, so you have a decision to make as a front office where you say, free agent wise, you're not losing everything at the end of this year, right? You you still have one more year with most of your core before you have to go out there and make some of
0: the guys on defense, as Casey pointed out before yes. the show, some good players on defense, but right? You you got Von Bell, who DJ Reader
1: uh, that are off contract this year. Yeah. It's Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Jermaine Pratt. And then you got guys like Trey Flowers. Yeah, some other they, they, guys, they're but, okay. I
0: but Vaughn is the only guy. I mean, Logan yeah. Wilson. You'll think you, you can you can give him a. Um, or you've said Pratt. I'm sorry. Pratt. Yeah, they're okay there. But but but, it, but in, in
2: in general, you have one more year with this core before you have to go out there and make decisions yep. in free agency. So what that tells me is you have a decision to make today before the trade deadline is a front office. You can either, and, punt on the season in essence, punt on the season and say, we're going to roll with the guys that we have and we're not going to give up either any draft capital or anything that we have right now and roll with the guys that we have.
0: All right, and let me let me interrupt real quick okay. and then you continue on. I don't mean to interrupt. It's okay. Right now, as we sit here, eight games into the season, the Bengals are one spot out of reaching the playoffs. Yes. They're only behind, and we'll get to this later, Casey's <laughs> updated stink list. Yeah. one game behind the New England Patriots, who he says stinks. But go ahead, Paul. I don't mean it. Well, a, and, and, and to your point. one game out of the playoffs.
2: And, and to your point, Tom, look back at what happened last season with the Bengals, right? They got killed by the Browns. Yep. And they were sitting, I think, at 5-4. And lost four, to the Jets. And they lost to the Jets. And they were sitting at 5-4. They, they lost two games going into the bye week. They lost to the Jets 34-31 in a game that they should have never lost. And they got murdered by the Browns at, at – at, here at home down at pay court 41 to 16 you come out of the bye week you beat the Raiders the Steelers you go on a run you make the playoffs the difference though last year was that the Bengals were healthy and they were healthy all year last year for the most part
0: yes the sure. injury
2: bug did not bite the Bengals last year the way that it has bit the Bengals this year at all of these key positions but if you know football you know that the game is won in the trenches and if you can't win the battle at the line of scrimmage you're not going to have much success in the national football league or at any level you're not going to have much success on friday night right it doesn't matter and if you can't go out there if you can't stop the run if you can't give your franchise quarterback time to make decisions down the field if you can't call plays that open things up like that you're just going to keep getting results like this it's frustrating especially with the injuries now so you have to do a mental reset you have to think to yourself what are you going to do in this situation you have a decision to make the season is far from over but the problem is that you have a difficult back half of the schedule that you didn't necessarily have last year. Yes, you had the Chiefs, but you also had the Broncos last year. You yep. had the Chargers. You had the Steelers. You had the Raiders. You, you didn't have all of these teams that you're going to – you didn't have you, – you look at this year. Yes, you had the Ravens last year, but even the Browns in the final week of the season that you lost, you sat everybody. So this season is not over, but – It will be very telling to me, looking at the rest of this season, what this team looks like at 5 o'clock today after the trade deadline. Does this team make any moves today? Do they go all in on this season still? Or do they realize that a lot of these guys are going to be out for a lot longer and they say, look, let's back things up a little bit, roll with the guys that we got, hope that they come back, and sort of like what the Browns are doing waiting on Deshaun Watson, tread water until people are healthy again.
0: Well, we have a couple of people to chime in here. And I I tell you what, for the life of me, I just don't get it. And I've been arguing with you guys for a week about the Browns. Okay? Been arguing about it for a week. I know last night was by far the best game they've played this year. But Bill says Browns might win two more games this year. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. And a bunch of people saying Cleveland stinks and they're not any good. And I mean, it. all right. Well, they looked mighty good last night. And I know it's only one game and it's only one game for the Bengals. But take, take a look at this schedule because there are a couple teams we never mention when we talk about this schedule, the back half, okay? Yeah. We know they play the Panthers. They go to Pittsburgh for a primetime game. Steelers are bad, but they've already lost to them. The team we never talk about They have to play the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Who all of a sudden, all of a sudden, as we predicted on this program, don't ever count out Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. They've got it going on, and we know they can run the ball. You got the Chiefs. You got the Brownies again. You got Tampa Bay, who's looked terrible, but it's Tampa Bay down there. You go to New England, feeling good about that game? in new england you got the bills you got the ravens do you see six wins out of those final nine tell you
1: right now i don't see i don't see six wins i'm just being honest i mean the the it's obvious that the recipe for our demise is a good pass rush or just a decent enough pass rush right yeah Panthers have Brian Burns and Derek Brown, two, of the, two really good pass rushers. Steelers will get T.J. Watt back by the time we play them. Titans had nine sacks against us in the playoffs. I doubt we're going to survive They're that. Their leading
0: sacker from a year ago, though, is out.
1: They're still really good defensive okay. front. Chiefs have upgraded their G- defensive front with that new rookie. He's been playing really well. And uh, Chris, Chris whatever, Chris Clark. He's doing well. Then we play the Browns again. Then the Bucks come to town. And that defensive front seven is just some of the best in the league. Then we play the Patriots, which is maybe the only team that I feel maybe that we have a chance against at this current moment. Then the Bills and the Ravens. And they just improved their biggest weakness yes, as so linebackers. He did. So, yes, he did. unless something. <laughs> Unless we get some, like, random miracle of health for Reader and for anyone else on our team currently that's struggling with ailments. Because, I mean, I guarantee you that some of those guys are playing. Like, Logan Wilson, he, we were feared that he, he was out for extended period of time and he just came back after a week. I'm sure he did something to his shoulder again that they're just not telling us because we didn't find out about his his shoulder injury until after the super bowl um there's other instances i guarantee you that are like that that are happening behind the scenes that the Bengals are just hurt right now they're just hurting i mean jonah williams is as miserable as he as he played and i was mad at at adam for giving up three sacks but the dude literally dislocated his knee like two weeks ago. I don't know know if people remember that. Look,
0: and I get that. And I give all the guy the credit, all the credit in the world for going out there and trying to play for his team and playing hurt. But if you're hurt, you can't play. I mean, he whiffed on guys last night. Yeah, it was ugly. But, 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 But to me, at the end of the day, we can talk about all these other things, okay? To me, you have to ask yourself the question, What in the world is going on with this offensive line as a group? I'm tired of hearing about, oh, these two guys are playing good, and I'm tired of reading about pro football focus, and this guy's playing good. They have played three teams this year. Out of the eight games, they've played three teams that can rush the passer. In those three games, they've given up 18 sacks. 18 sacks to the Steelers the Cowboys, and now the Browns. 29 sacks in eight games, and let's face it, they've played three or four teams that couldn't rush the passer against Wenton Woods. Okay, they couldn't. Mulder's offensive line would hold up better than this group. They can't run it. Burrow has to check down seemingly every single play and dump it off to running backs. He can't, he can't even get his feet set dropping back three-step, five-step drop and shotgun or seven-step drop under center. He can't even get his back foot set before he's, he's running for the hills. That is the number one glaring weakness on this team to me by far. I said it before, I was not buying the 30 points, 30 plus points against both the Saints and the Falcons. I wouldn't buy it. There's nothing you can tell me that this offense has done even before Chase got hurt outside of those two teams that they have been able to do against anybody else. Nothing. They were three big plays away from having a terrible night against Miami. Most of that game, they looked inept on offense. They hit the big play to Higgins right before halftime. They hit the big big play to Chase. and look you can't say you know take away two plays it's part of the game I get it but if that's the other game you're going to reflect on and say they look good they did not look good yeah this offensive line is terrible yeah I mean I think
1: I don't know what is holding them back worse is it the offensive line um I mean at this point to me it's specifically Jonah Williams I think you can make a case that Lael Collins has made somewhat of a recovery that he's been playing a lot better. I mean, he only – I don't even think he gave up a sack last night. I don't think. I, I can double-check that and
0: Okay, make sure. but they still can't run the ball.
1: They still can't run the ball, and I don't know – to clarify, I don't think that it's actually players. I think what the issue is is knowing what our team can do and cannot do. And the Bengals think that they can get by without any misdirection or or just lining up. They, they think they can just line up and beat their guys one-on-one every single time. And that's just not how the NFL works. Like, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, I never see them cross. They don't line no. up in trips. No. They, they, they don't do any of that. Nope. They don't do any – it's just tough to watch because – you know if we had a guy like Andy Reid on our, uh, coaching our team right now that this would be one of the best offenses in the league. Well, you know, you down.
0: sit there, the best shot for television to really get a good idea of what's going on of a play design is that camera you see at the big, big, big games, and they had it last night on Monday Night Football, of, of that camera that sits above the line of scrimmage. Yeah, like, like the SkyCam. And multiple times SkyCam, thank you. Multiple times last night when they would run a replay of that shot, and most of the time they were running the replay showing where a Cleveland defender beat somebody on the line and and sacked Burrow or forced him to make a bad throw or forced him to hurry, whatever it might be. But if you really pay attention to the routes, and this is what you're talking about, Casey. If you pay attention to the routes, there were multiple times last night where you'd see in three and four receiver sets, You've got three or four guys running down the field 15, 20 yards. You don't protect well enough to run those routes. And that's what you're talking about. I mean, it's got to be the slant stuff. It's got to be the pick stuff. It's got to be that stuff to free. I just don't know how you go into that game. And look, I I don't want to claim to sit here and be some offensive X's and O's. I'm not that guy. Okay, I, I'm not, but I've watched enough football where how in the world do you go into that game and T. Higgins does not catch a pass until the start of the second quarter and Hayden Hurst does not catch a pass until the final drive of the first half. you've got four primary and then of course you know i mean god bless michael thomas okay he's a backup for a reason but the one time you throw him the ball right down the middle of the field he's wide open and straight with yeah
1: that's terrible i
0: mean you know and i'm not going to beat him up he's a backup player he's busting his tail it's the guys that are getting paid the big bucks including the coach uh the guys that are getting paid the big bucks to figure this stuff out and whether that's alignment And they revamped that line. They spent a fortune on this this line. Um, Whether it's the the other four weapons, which are better than most teams four weapons, even when most other teams are healthy. You would trade, if you're another team, you would trade straight up your skill guys for the quartet of Higgins, Boyd, Hurst, and Mixon. Yeah, and most cases, not all, but most. What, another thing
1: that's very puzzling, this is very minor, but something that a lot of people noticed on Twitter, Chris Evans makes a beautiful back shoulder catch 25 yards down the field and only has one other snap the rest of the game. And Michael Thomas, who drops a ball wide open, gets 18 20 snaps are you kidding me let chris evans go out there and run routes it's clearly easy to see that he can do it much better than michael thomas can
0: i can't argue with you there and
1: i mean this is just it's really tough watching this team um i don't know if you want to i know it's 10 30 i don't know if you want to get into our our tier list here For people to react, you have an
0: updated tier list. Oh, let's go! Yesterday, let's go! And uh, okay, so this is now. So I want to make sure, unlike yesterday, before we get to this tier list, Casey. Yeah. You have updated this list through the first nine weeks of the season, correct? Correct. Uh, Correct. Let's have at it. Yeah. So here we go, everyone. The updated stink list. The good teams we put up there. You have four of them. Yep. And, and this is in ranking order, as I understand it, as we yep. le- read left to right. This is where you'd put teams in the NFL.
1: Yeah. So Bills are
0: number one, Chiefs number two, Eagles three, Dallas four. Okay. And then you have the Niners, the Seahawks, the Ravens, and the Vikings in that next list. Yep. Okay. Borderline stink. I can't take my eyes off this last one. I. I... <laughs> <But> you have <laughs> the what? Giants. I mean, the... I. Okay. Chargers. Dolphins, Titans, Giants. Let me just ask you about a couple of those teams on the borderline stink line. Okay.
3: Well, I'm okay. gonna go back to Could you
0: for a please explain to me how at five and two, okay? Yep. They lost their opener on the last play of the game when the coach of the Giants decided to go for it on fourth down from the one. Okay? Mm-hmm. Since week one, the Titans have lost one game. One game. Yep. They're five and two and they lead their division. The Giants lost over the weekend, hard fought game in Seattle. They're six and two on the year. Yep. And you have the New York football giants along with the Tennessee Titans as borderline stink? Yeah. Do you Could really... you explain that to me as it pertains to both of those teams? How do you put yep. the Tennessee Titans? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. On a borderline stink column. How? Because
1: they have Ryan Tannehill throwing the
0: ball. The same Ryan Tannehill that won the division and led him to the playoffs the last two years.
1: He stinks. Ryan Tannehill stinks. Oh, my God. If Well, is Derek Henry pretty he, good? Yeah, he's pretty can good. Can they run the ball? They can run the ball. I, they can run the ball. But that's the same reason why the Giants are behind them.
0: The Giants beat the Titans. Again, that was and, a, that was a fluke play. And the only thing Gutsy holding them back play. is
1: a terrible, stinky quarterback in Daniel Jones. He stinks. So does Ryan Tannehill. He stinks. And that's the only thing holding them back. That's why they're borderline stink. They could be borderline good if they had a good quarterback. You're and the we'll same see. guy that Believe said Willis. both
0: of you clowns who said the Browns stink. Okay, they but let's, do. All right, well, let's move on. Yeah, let's let's, on. let's go on to the. So now we go into full, and you're saying 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 of the 32 teams in the NFL, you have put in the lowest level possible. Correct. Okay, most of these teams, or some of these teams, are in playoff contention. If the season ended today, New England who I argued with you yesterday, would be in the playoffs, okay? Right. The Jets would be in the playoffs. Correct. Right? You've got a couple of other in that group knocking on the door. Yep. I'm having a hard time understanding how the Patriots and the Jets – are on the full all-out stink list, Paul. You have any anything you want to add to this? You know,
2: I will say I think this is a much better list than yesterday's list that we saw. The Tannehill thing, I, I will give you on that. The Derrick Henry thing, I'll agree with you on that one, Tom. Honestly, I don't. I don't really hate this list. It's it's much better than yesterday. I will give that to you, Casey. Thank this you. this Thank is a you. much improved I, list. But I'm with you. I think there are a lot of teams that are not. Very, but just because they're in playoff contention, Tom, I mean. Somebody's got to make the playoffs. Yeah, if like we got expanded playoffs now, somebody's got to yeah. make the playoffs. And I will Let never
0: me. say a team stinks that makes the playoffs. They don't stink. There's 32 teams and they take 8. Listen, the each Patriots conference.
1: The Patriots made it to the playoffs last year and they got blown out by the Bills. They did. They stink.
0: They did. But they don't stink this year. They don't stink. Who? They don't Who stink. We're the Patriots are better last they're year. They're not a great team. Patriots were. They're not one. a. They're not a great team. They're probably not even a good team. But <clears throat> if you want to put them on the borderline, I mean, on your list right there, the Titans and the Giants should be in the borderline good column. The Patriots, the Jets. Um.
2: I, th- I think that's, and that's the it. I think
0: that's it, probably, right? Uh, probably should move up. See, probably. Pro- yeah, see, you, you probably. You're
1: not too confident I,
2: in that, see, I, could, I could, I could move the Patriots and the Jets into the borderline stink. I could probably move the Bengals into the borderline stink only because they borderline stink because of all these injuries. So it's not necessarily the talent Man. on the field that stinks, but – this is not my list. This is your list. I'm yeah. not going to. Let,
1: let, me, let me just give some perspective as why I put the Bengals at stink. Okay. It, but it, okay, it but is... I just,
0: I just want to make sure I clarify something before yep. we go any further. Okay. Yep. The list you have up there. Okay. On the borderline stink column. Yes. The Tennessee Titans have the second best record in the American football conference. They would be the number two seed if the season ended today. The number two seed, you have them in the same category. Let me finish. Titans would be in the playoffs, number two seed. Jets would be in the playoffs, number five seed. Dolphins would be in the playoffs, number six seed. Chargers would be in the playoffs, number seven seed. New England would be in the playoffs, number eight seed. So let's put that list up again. And here you have it. So let's look up and down that list. The Chargers, playoffs. You say borderline stink. Yep. Dolphins, playoffs. Borderline stink. Yep. Titans, number two seed in the AFC. The New York football giants right now would be the number six seed in the NFC. Okay? Then you have New England and the Jets, both of whom would qualify for the playoffs right now. Oh, and at failing to mention, by the way, Guess who else would be in the playoffs today on that stink category you have? The Washington Commanders.
1: I'm not putting the Wizards anywhere near borderline stink. They stink straight up. Listen, Tom, listen. Just because some of these teams have winning records doesn't mean that they don't stink. They just beat other teams that stink. And that's just a fact. That's just a fact.
2: So if you beat a team that stinks, can the st- other stink team move up or are they stuck in stinkland? <laughs> <laughs>
1: stuck
0: in stinkland. I, I I just can't believe this. List. Listen. I real you had a night to work. You on have this, to and you've you come back with this.
1: You have to repeatedly beat stinks and some borderline stinks and borderline goods and sometimes you beat a good team, you move up a rank pretty quickly. But I'm just telling you, if you just that Eat entire third else?
0: column, that entire third column. Yes. All of them. Yes. Are in the playoffs. <laughs> Correct. I mean, Today. I, Tom, listen. Today, there's they're only in 12 the teams,
1: There's only 12 teams I don't think that stink. There's only 12 teams I don't think that stink in the league. Okay. And then if you want to talk about there being a, the, the Patriots, they stink. And if they made it to the playoffs right now, and they played any of what – are, what are they ranked right now? Fifth or are they sixth?
0: Who? The Patriots. Are The Patriots they... are eighth just ahead of the Bengals. Do you think do, – do you really, really think when you look at that list? Yeah. You have to concur and, and perhaps reexamine. Not moving, okay? The Tennessee Titans at the minimum – to a borderline good team they're five and two and they're the number two seed in the american football conference they have the same record as the kansas city chiefs
1: you might be able to convince me that they can be number nine which would be the first in the borderline stink
2: oh but you're not you're not willing to move them out
1: i'm not willing to move them up just yet
2: they gotta because quarterback play holds them back is that what you're saying I, I agree. Tannehill's terrible. but is Tannehill terrible. is not me,
0: terrible. He's not oh. terrible. He's not elite. Listen, He's look not at the Mahomes. wins. He's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not a number of guys that we could put up there. Jalen Hurts. But Ryan Tannehill is not a terrible quarterback. Ugh. He's just simply not. Oh, come He's on, He's not Tom. a terrible Listen quarterback.
1: To Listen to the wins that they have. <laughs> the Raiders, the Colts, Commanders, and Texans.
0: Those teams all stink. They all stink so bad. He does not stink. Yes, they do. No, he does not. He they does, stink. He does not
1: stink. And they're going to they're gonna prove it when they play the Chiefs. They're going to stink it up. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 400 yards on them. And you're going to come back and say, man, the Titans kind of stink.
0: Month of October. Month of October. Ryan Tannehill, the entire calendar month. The entire calendar month. Did not throw a single interception.
1: Well, oh, good for him. <laughs> is it, is it, be, is, wait,
0: wait. Is it better than Burrow? I'm Come not saying on. he's better than Burrow, but I'm saying in the Come month on. of October, Burrow had some monster games. There's no doubt about that. But let me ask you this. We watched Josh Allen the other night turn it over twice in one game. All I'm saying, and I'm not comparing Tannehill with those guys. All I'm saying is the job he is asked to do with that team and the way they are built, and they are built to run the ball and play good defense so what do you say about the quarterback he becomes a game manager part of managing the game is not putting your team in positions to lose games by turning the ball over Tannehill plays the entire month of october and does not have a single turnover something to be said for that or no you can dismiss that outright
1: well, when you, when you only have 146 attempts the whole entire season, we're in, what, eight weeks right now? Well, he, so, only, he
0: only attempted 66 pass attempts the entire month in three games.
1: That's miserable. That means they're not trusting him to throw the ball. They're literally going to run Derrick Henry into the ground again. And it's not going to look pretty by the end of the season. Okay, It's the whole reason why they lost last year.
0: Well, let me go back even a little bit further. The go. first two games of the year, he turned it over three times. Okay?
1: Yep, against good teams. Well, the first, yeah, good The first two like
0: games team. of the year. Since then, he has turned it over going back to September. He's turned it over one time. Oh, and by the way, in their last four games, they're undefeated. And you can say, well, look who they beat. Well, okay, that's fine. But again... You know, you play the teams in your division because you have to play them twice a year, all right? So they're, you know, they're blessed that they're in a, in a really bad division. The Colts, um, Jacksonville, although that's not, they, they haven't played them yet. Um, who am I forgetting in that division?
1: They play Houston, Jacksonville, Houston. So, and I mean, it's Colts. a terrible division.
0: Yeah. Okay, terrible division. But Tannehill does not stink. He does he's, stink. Not, he's not an elite <laughs> quarterback, but he's a guy that has proven year after year after year that if you surround him with the right pieces, you have an identity of what your offense is. Ryan Tannehill can get you to the playoffs every single year. Well, Granted, in a bad division, but get you to the playoffs every single year.
1: Well, listen, listen, Tom. They play Kansas City. They play Philadelphia, and they play Dallas, all of which I have in the good team category okay. currently. Okay. If they manage to pull off one win against one of those teams, I'll move them up to borderline good. How about that?
0: If they I manage think, to what?
1: If they manage to sneak a win. Oh, hold on a from-
0: second. Read Mouse, by the way. just like, Let, let mm-hmm. me just give you this updated statistical run on Uh-oh. Mr. Tannehill. Oh, God. Okay. How about these numbers? Read Mouse, thank you. How about these numbers for Tannehill? The last three seasons, 82 touchdowns, 30 picks, a win loss record of 34 and 15. 34 and 15. So, okay. It's pointed out by Andrew, and Andrew, we would agree. Bengals would win the AFC South. I, we agree with that, but I mean, it's yeah, look, Andrew. I mean, we, we love you being here every day. So right? where would you? Where if that's way if a toad had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass. <laughs> that's a great point, sir. All right. I, I would
2: probably put Tannehill. See if you agree with this one. I'd put him fifteenth in the league.
0: That's about right. Okay. It's about right. All right. All right. So then we're in on the, the NFL. same page. Yeah. Yes. I yeah I, I won't argue. That's why I'm saying I'm not sitting here saying he's a great quarterback. Yeah. What I'm saying is is that he will not hurt his team and will not be the reason they lose games. Now he may not be the reason they win games. Yeah. But he doesn't lose games. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. He, he loses games for them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he did he lose.
0: 34 and He did
1: 15. it in the playoffs. He, he did it in the playoffs against the Bengals. Three interceptions. That's one game. He can't do it against good teams. Okay. can't do
0: it against good teams. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll see. He's got plenty of good teams Damn. to play against. All right, I understand. that t- is him here yet? No,
1: he's not here yet.
0: Okay. Well, I will shoot him a text. Uh, I just got a, a, a message from Paul Doherty that um, he cannot join us today. He did not realize, as you know, he's taken on another job of working at the golf car uh, course cleaning golf carts. So he screwed up his schedule, uh, and so he has to work at 11 o'clock today let's get them on from a golf cart well that'd be great <laughs> let's call in um okay so i will uh check in with zim right now and see what's going on because if there's anybody on the planet who can spin something good out of what we watched last night um it's zim Hude.
1: it's Zim for it sure is. I just put on i I'm a, clicking
0: on yes right away. <laughs> I was just about Does to say... Casey's new list stink? And that is definitely in the stink we category. Need, we need people to vote on that list
1: and see if the public agrees with my list or not. I'm just telling you, the, those teams... Uh, here's the thing. We got to define what stink is. Stink to me... If you're going to be one and done the playoffs, that's what the Bengals were for five years in a row. That stinks. That stink. Straight up. You can't be good and go one and done. That's what the Patriots are, so they deserve to be in stink. The Jets, they stink. Borderline stink, uh, they might sneak out and win the playoffs. That's where the, those four lie: the Chargers, Miami, I Titans. think. Looking
0: at that borderline stink category, I think if any of those teams get in the playoffs, I think all of those teams are capable of winning at least once. Mm. All of them. I think the Miami Dolphins, with two back, you know, I mean, do I think they can win a playoff game? They got to go to cold weather, probably not. But if they got a game where you know could could Tennessee advance in the playoffs? Of course they could Giants I don't know I don't know I don't know I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy one of you guys over there's a big Daniel Jones guy oh I'm I is that you Paul I, I, Daniel Jones yeah I mean okay. Okay.
1: He's not dying on that hill, though. He, he won't. Not I'm,
2: sure not, <laughs> gonna,
1: I'm
0: not.
2: I'm not going to let my football reputation, what little of it I have, die on the Daniel Jones hill. But I am higher on him than it sounds like a lot of people are this year.
0: Well, see, I, I think you bring up a great point, though, Casey, about what our definition of stink is. Because as Andrew points out here, and, and this is where you get into everybody feeling differently, okay? Stink, to me, according to Andrew, is do you have any chance of winning the Super Bowl even if every conceivable break goes your way? Okay, well, I don't think that's fair. Um, I don't think that's fair to say a team stinks just because they can't win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, and I was always a big proponent when I was doing baseball, and I would look at a team like, pick a team for the Reds for a number of years when I did the Diamondbacks games or the Cubs games, and I'd always say, do you want to make that trade because it can help you win the World Series? Or are you making the deal to uh, improve your club, sell some seats, energize the fan base, give them confidence that ownership is in it to try and win, okay? Most of these teams are going to feel very good about themselves, and they should feel very good about themselves if they make the playoffs. That does not constitute a team falling under the category of stink now you can have different levels as, as you pointed out you play in a bad division i mean right now i mean when we saw them last week they looked terrible the atlanta falcons they looked awful right but right now they would be the division winner of a very bad division the afc south and the nfc south are terrible divisions we all agree with that but the falcons would be in the playoffs jets would be in the playoffs commanders would be in the playoffs New England would be in the playoffs. That doesn't mean they stink. Doesn't mean they stink. Ah, does it they mean stink. they can beat Buffalo, Kansas City, the Eagles, some of those teams? No, it does not. It does not mean they can't. But it doesn't mean the team
1: stinks. Well, on my list, it does. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, you're going to have to. Then, then, then I'll tell you what. As you sit there and look at that, so are you saying that for moving forward, your definition on this list is can a team win or get to the Super Bowl? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, my, my definition of stink is even lower than that. It's can they win a playoff game? And most of those teams cannot win a playoff game right now.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Brandon Sayo chimes in said, I never thought I'd see the day Casey gave up on the Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Tom, we need to get the vibes going up here a little bit. Casey, Casey's a homeowner.
1: I am a
0: homeowner.
2: Casey's a
1: homeowner. You didn't move in last night, did you? I did not. I did not. But we are slowly moving in some boxes here and there, getting some stuff moved in today.
0: Yeah. Well, the weather's going to break. I mean, it's going to be a really nice day today. Had some uh, morning rain. And uh, it's supposed to clear out, be a beautiful day today, beautiful day tomorrow, Thursday, sunny, 70s, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So you can get on. Mo- so, um, Paul, your show's coming up again on Thursday. Yes. And Brandon Seo's show, I think, begins tonight.
2: Yes, it does. And I, I'll pitch it again. I said it yesterday. The Mental Game Podcast, it's available on YouTube. It has its own channel. It'll be live tonight. The channel's already live, but the first full episode of his show, it's actually with Sam Hubbard uh sam hubbard is the first episode tonight that'll go live at eight o'clock and uh it'll be also available in podcast form on apple podcast spotify stitcher google you can go ahead and subscribe on all of that right now i see brandon in the chat talking about it um but brandon's done a great job promoting this show twitter instagram social media and all of that and uh it'll be available he's got a great guest list he's recording interviews right now he's out in la recording some interviews right now so, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a great list of people that he's getting on this show and, and his tweets. We've run the commercial that talks about his first season of the show, but yeah, like I said, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel, the mental game podcast, and, uh, that's where all the interviews will be through video format. And then it'll be the same in the audio that we'll upload to the podcast form too.
0: one of the the newcomers to our chat and watching on YouTube. One of the great names is boom. Shakalaka.
4: <laughs>
0: For those of you old enough to remember songs like that, that had boom laka. He says, come on, Casey, get the keys and straight to the house.
1: Well, I did. I did go in there and, you know, enjoy the house being just empty and ready to be molded into my vision. Um, I actually uh, bought their furniture, some of their furniture. So I sat down on the couch and right in front of the fireplace and nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I'm nice. I'm really looking forward to this house. Um, it, it's more just when I get everything in there, moved in, how much sweeter that's going to be, because it's going to be my place, you know, so,
0: still knows him,
1: still knows him as of right now.
0: He's normally very dependable. Oh, I, I think, Wait.
1: I think he's joining in here. Oh,
0: there he is. Can't wait to talk to our man here today. We go straight to him. Yeah, hang on, or you want to take a break first? Hold on, I'll, hold on. Let me get ahead. Let's take a break. All right, he, he, yeah. Let's take, Let's a, take break. a break. We're back with Zim Hude in a moment. All right, we've got Tracy Jones coming up a little bit later on in the program. That'll be at 11:30. Um, look for all of you out there that need a therapist after what happened last night. Who better to turn to? than our good friend Zim Hude. Zim, your thoughts of last night's debacle in Cleveland. Good morning. Good
3: morning. How are you?
0: I'm um, all right. How you doing?
3: Uh, it's a rough day, man. It feels like it's a weird energy in the air. You know, I don't. You know, um, condolences out to the Zimmer family. Yes. You know. Yeah, it's just some tough stuff. You know, like um. That was a rough loss last night. That, that was one game, but it was a really, really uh, rough game.
0: All right, Jim, where, where where do we begin here? Because um, when I started the show today, I mean, I, I went through the whole laundry list, right? Coaching, offensive line, the punter, the field goal kicker. Yeah. The defense, for the Mm -hmm. first time all year long in the second half, gives up a touchdown, but they were dominated injuries. Um, When when you look at the game last night, and there's a lot to be troubled by, but what troubled you the most? For me, it was the offensive line. What about you?
3: Same. It was the inability of uh, not even just the offensive line. You know, you, you might, you know, coming into the season, had you told me that, uh, left guard and Bolson was a big issue. I'd be like, yeah, you know, it's a rookie or whatever, but he played fine, you know, but to see Jonah Williams, I, that might've been Jonah Williams' worst game I've ever seen. Like, it the the crushing part to the Jonah Williams thing is you're almost back to square one in some regards to the offensive line on this everlasting cycle of replacing Andrew Whitworth, right? Uh even if you didn't win a Super Bowl this year, right, because you still have a chance to go to playoffs, you still got a lot of different things in front of you, it's very clear that you cannot have a long-sustained success with Jonah Williams at this point. He's already relinquished eight sacks on the season. And to beat the best teams in the NFL, you have to have a left tackle um, that can consistently win reps against elite pass rushers. And I think the one thing that was like false or fool's gold the last couple of weeks was Jonah Williams and company beating up on less than pass rushers, you know, starting with the Ravens game. Then you went to see the Saints, and then you saw the Falcons where you don't have a Miles Garrett, a Michael Parsons, or a TJ Watt. But what are the three constants in all three of those games? Michael Parsons, TJ Watt, and Miles Garrett totally disrupted, destroyed the game. Uh, Lyle was bad, too. I just thought Jonah Williams was just glaring. Like, it, it just stood out to me. I felt like at every drop back, uh, Burrow felt it. On the flip side of it, the first three possessions, I felt I felt like Joe could feel the pressure, but at least he believed he could be, uh, beat the pressure. By the time he got in the, in the first three possessions, you got to think, red zone um, pick, red zone strip sack, McPherson misses a field goal. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like the offense was completely stagnant. It, it has so many glimpses and uh, resemblance uh, of, of last year, like every aspect of it, minus the, the catastrophic injury to your best corner on your team, which is something that I just don't know what they're going to do to come out of it. I have some ideas, but, you know, you can't replace a Cheeto Bale-Woozie, period.
0: Um, the run game, again. And, and, and this starts again with the offensive line. Although, you know, I, I continue to come back to the coaching uh, and the play calling. Um, you know, the Cleveland Browns defense I brought up earlier. I'm, okay, you give up 30 to the Chargers. You can see how you give up 30 to the Chargers. But they gash the Cleveland defense running the ball. Bailey Zappi scores 38 points against that Cleveland defense for New England. 38. And yet, of the first 21 plays of the game, 17 of the 21 are passes. Now, in fairness to the offensive line, okay, and I've heard a lot of guys talk about this before, guys that play the game, guys that coach the game. Offensive lines can get into a pattern where they're all the time because you pass so much, you're on your heels all the time trying to protect the quarterback rather than – taking off and hitting somebody when you only run the ball four times of your first 21 plays, you're not asking your offensive line to go hit anybody and even try the run game. Is that fair? Yeah. And
3: I'm going to tell you what my strategy was coming into the game though. The only thing that can stop Nick Chubb was putting points on the board. We saw that in the Falcons game. Um, the one thing that you could do to a really good run game is score touchdowns. And then it makes the running game null and void, and then you force that team to throw. When the game was 0 0 in those three possessions I talked about, I felt like Joe Burrow checked into some passes at the line of scrimmage. You could see them audible to some of those passes. So there's probably like two or three that are 100%, you're, they're glaring. The one thing that I think from a strategy standpoint is we've, as fans, we always are quick to say, let Joe cook. And there was a period in that game where Joe was dissecting them on third down, and he was cooking, and you can't take the ball out of his hand. What happened is you're trying, You're like, well, I'm going to just go down the field just like I did in the Saints game, just like I did in the Falcons game. I'm killing them right now. I'm killing them. But then when the turnovers happen, it changes the trajectory of everything that you had planned. So then by the time that you do get the ball back, because now you're facing a running team, so now you have limited possessions. You only had three anyway. By the time you get the ball back, now you're down eight, nothing. Now you're, you know what I'm saying? Now you're down eight. Like, so now you're like, all right. So they were down eight, nothing. Then the first play they run, it's it's like a four or five yard run. But now the clock is ticking and you're like, dang, I gotta go pass. I'm in a two minute drill. So every chance that you wanted to run, you couldn't even do it because your strategy, your initial strategy, failed. And I thought the number one strategy to stop Nick Chubb was to score touchdowns. And I, I know that sounds really simple. It sounds kind of silly in a in a in a way. But if you have a potent offense and an elite quarterback, it's not a real hard concept to come by. I think in hindsight, we look at a, a box score and say, "Bro, I did the same thing at the, the first half. I'm like, damn, only five attempts for Joe Mixon." But I get why he was in a groove, and it just never really panned out for him. By the time you come back second half, now you're down, now you're down eighteen nothing. You gotta pass now, like you can't like running's off the board at that point, especially when you got a quarterback that could go. Unless you got a Marcus Mariota, and you're just gonna run the ball when you're down twenty one points.
0: Give me reason, or more importantly, give those who are watching reason, and there are, are dialed in by the thousands. Knowing their schedule, the way this is looking the rest of the way, and we dissected this thing, uh, there are people out there, Zim, looking for hope. Right? I mean, they're looking for hope. Yeah. Yeah. Four and four. Um, They're only one spot technically out of the playoffs right now. They lose a tie break to New England right now. They'll get a chance to change that and head-to-head later in the year. But, but, But what hope do you have? knowing you're not going to change this offensive line knowing injuries have hit your team for the first time really in two years it looks like significant injuries you're going to play at least the next two to three weeks without jamar chase and we saw that outfit last night without him um i don't even know if he'd have made a difference but but where is the hope zim where is the hope where's the hope the hope
3: the hope is that you do have a dax hill that you're going to have to get up to speed. First-round draft pick, a pick, teams are playing with far less.
0: But, That's dude, that guy cannot – hey, that guy can't play cornerback, Taylor Britt. He can't play. You're talking about okay. that Br- Okay, all right. Yeah, you're going I'm to ask a safety dad, to play corner?
3: He's Capable of doing it, and I think with Trey Flowers now being, probably bang out, and then you're hoping you get Eli, Eli Appleback, and then you saw what you saw from Cam Taylor Britt last night. I think you got to go Dax Hill on the outside. I think you're playing against a Leicester opponent in the Panthers, but they got a wide receiver in DJ Moore that will absolutely destroy you. So you got to be very cautious on how you do it, but that's a Lou Anarumu thing. He's got to figure it out. From an overall standpoint, the thing that bothers me the most, and I told you this on the show, is that I hate the fact that we lost those games early, like the Steelers game, and I I thought we would live to regret it. And 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 it's coming to fruition, and I hate speaking on certain things like that and watching them unfold. But I will say this, the Bengals were 5-4 and four last year. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Chiefs were 3-5 and five last year as well. There are things that I do believe in, and, that, and, and the one thing that I'll never stop believing in is number nine. Joe Burrow has to adapt like he did at the beginning of the season from his offensive line. They have to figure out a new way. Like I said, there were points in this game where he looked really efficient. They were playing well. Tyler Boyd had the big grab on the sideline. Hayden Hurst had some big plays sprinkled in there when they did give him the opportunity. I think they made the adjustments. You go into the bye, if you can, at 5-4. and four, You were 5-4 and four last year. The thing that bothers me, the, the one thing that does bother me is the, the opponents that you have to face are no slouches. You got Bills and Chiefs. But I think that our team will rise up to the occasion for bigger teams rather than lesser teams. And I think you might split with the Bills and Chiefs. I think the Titans, you get DJ Reader back. So then now you're stopping the run in that game. I think the Steelers, 100%, they are trash. And I think that you got to pull that one out. They haven't looked good. So that's another dub. It's hard to count dubs right now when you're coming off a loss that bad. But I just caution everybody, it's one loss. That's how everybody felt when we were 0-2. Everybody got their confidence back on the Saints and the the Falcons. And I will tell you some big plays in that game from T. Higgins. There was a pass interference call that wasn't called on the first drive of the game where he had him deep, no call. That's a 40, 50-yard bomb. Later in the game, credit the Browns defender, Martin Emerson, for holding T. Higgins because that was another 60-yard bomb. Those are two big splash plays. And then the no call on the Von Bell on the potential sack when the score was 0-0 zero to zero in the second quarter with nine minutes left was probably the biggest play of the game now looking back at it. There are critical moments in the game that the Browns capitalize on it. The next week, the week after that, the week after that, the Bengals have to capitalize on it too. And I think that they're up for the pass. I think that final game against the Ravens is the game that says you're in or you're out. And if I get number nine in the playoffs, I like my chances with anybody. Jamar Chase, number nine, is Joe Burrow, is nine to one. You know what I'm saying? like you get him back to the playoffs. If you can get in, that's all I need to do. And that's what I've always said since day one. It almost works in your benefit, too, in the playoffs. I will say this. Say you're a number one or a number two seed if you had high expectations like that. That would have almost, for sure, put you in a spot where you had to play the Chiefs and the Bills. Going in as a wild card, you might end up just playing one of them. I, I, I have to see how it works out. I might have spoken that too soon, but I need to see the landscape of it. But you might end up just playing one of them, and that's all you really had to do last year, and that's what you got to do this year. But the key is go into the 5-4, and four, get Reeder healthy, let Logan rest up, let all of our guys rest up, figure out what you're going to do at cornerback, and I think you got a really good shot. And I think I like. I mean, let, let me ask you: Do you like do you like the do you like the Jags better than a, than a healthy like than a good Bengals team with Jamar Chase? Well, back? no, do you like no the Colts? Uh,
0: no. You know of what I'm saying? Like, what but but, but here's but Jim here here is my problem. Okay, and believe me, I try very hard to be an optimist. I really, really do. In most cases, but can you imagine when this season started? Okay. If somebody would have said to you the following names over the first eight games of this season, these are the following names. Mitchell Trubisky, Cooper Rush, Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, that those would be the starting quarterbacks your team's going to have a chance to face in the first eight games of the year. And somebody would have then told you that the defense through the first seven games is not going to give up a single touchdown in the second half. Of all the stats and all the people we could talk about, if I just asked you that question, with those names I just gave, knowing what your defense did through the first seven, and you're only four and four, I'm having a hard time finding it, Zim. And I'm with you on Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. I was on your show last week. You and Ace Boogie. Appreciate that. On Winston Addy. We, had a great we Loved show. it. Loved every minute of it. We're both in agreement on Burrow. I think when he's getting help around him, I think he's the best quarterback in the AFC. Okay? But. I look at the guys that are being asked to protect him and outside mm-hmm. of making some kind of a trade, which they have until four o'clock this afternoon, they have played you three teams in their, their eight games all. that have a legitimate pass rush, the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Browns. And in those three games, that group has allowed 18 sacks. Where is that group getting better? How are they getting better? Are they going to get better?
3: That's a tough question because I don't think that they get better, but I think our skilled players and the players that are around them rise up and we make them pay. For all the pass rushers that want to pin their ears, the same way we did T.J. Watt, Bosa, uh, Crosby, we faced all those edge rushers last year, the best of the best, with the worst offensive line. I don't know. I don't know if it's
0: a worse offensive line. I'm not sure of that anymore. I know there are bigger names and you're spending a lot more money. But, brother, I'm telling you, they are on pace right there to have roughly the same sacks as last year. And they ran it a hell of a lot better last year, Zim. Joe Mixon was the leading rusher in the AFC last year. And all we do is pound that offensive line from last year in a lot of cases, rightfully so. But they were good enough to have the leading rusher in the American Football Conference. That group assembled so far this year can't even get 37 yards rushing against the Cleveland Browns.
3: It's not that simple, though, you know like imagine if we looked at the box score and said joe burrow threw for 250 two touchdowns against the browns you say you probably won you know like you can't really just look at the box score as it pertains to the russian i thought that they weren't efficient enough but the game plan with the turnovers just got them so out of whack yeah the last three weeks he's averaged five yards a carry you know more game plan that worked in their favor so I'm with you. Like, it has to get better, but I just don't think you could look look at the box score just with the Russian because they had a game plan that I know they wanted to throw on them guys early, get up on them, and it just backfired on them. And, you know, is that a Zach Taylor thing? Sure. Uh, But in the moment, I I didn't think it was a bad thing. Like, in the first two quarters, I thought Joe looked not as comfortable, but he looked comfortable enough. The two turnovers just... We're super unfortunate, you know, and I just think that they never really, you if you don't make people pay for the turnovers that you get, then, you know, like, those are usually games that you lose as well, too. So it's one of those things, tough, man. I think the offensive line is better. I think uh, Teddy Karras, from a leadership standpoint, blocking standpoint, cool. Alex Kappa, boom, is a, is an upgrade, too. You got to think, our offensive line was the worst-graded offensive line, like or the, I'm sorry, the 29th-rated offensive line in all of football. You know that you know that that um, when we was at the Super Bowl, you know that PFF stat that they put up, and it says, uh, and it shows Isaiah Prince, uh, uh, Trey Hopkins, and, yep. uh, and and something, and then it says, uh, offensive tackle, thirtieth well, out of thirty one. Like uh, offensive guard, twenty nine out of thirty one. Like that offensive line was really bad. The difference was the Bengals just got the ball out really quick and bombed teams. And I think last night they were doing a little bit of that. You, we just didn't see the benefits of it. Like that T Higgins pass interference call on the first drive hurt my soul. Like that was a six, and they just he held the dude up, and then boom, and then the other one. Like you're talking about the difference between T Higgins walking out of that game instead of 50 yards in a touchdown, but like 180 in a touchdown, and that was the difference from last year and this year. And that's the that's the margin of error. That is played in football, and the margin is so small, and the things that are so small that they catapult on you in a in in snowball so quick that before you know it, you're so out of whack, you're down 18 nothing, and everything gets swirled into a maze. But at the end of the maze, you know what happened? I walked out of it 4 4, one game behind the Ravens, and as you eloquently put, one game uh, behind the Patriots as far as the wild card.
0: Okay. That's all uh, I got. Andrew Andrew brings up a great point. He says swing game for the season to me is the Titans. He says I believe they will win their next two. <laughs> optimistic Andrew, optimistic, but those two are the Panthers and the Steelers, okay? He says I think you're good at 7 and 4 if you beat Tennessee. If yeah. you lose to Tennessee, you're 6 and 5 and given the end of the season schedule, I don't think they sneak in. You think that's a fair point?
3: That's fair, 100%. I will say this. So tunnel vision out, I'm thinking about Carolina Panthers right now. Like, I can't even – I get it, and that's what I want. And, you know, as I told you, on a path to get to the wild card. Yep. Off of how bad they looked last night, I can't even fathom like seven and four. I like hear if you. I'm being real. I hear you. To me, it's just like beat the Panthers. You know what I'm saying? Like, just beat the Panthers and let's get into the bye. Let's figure out some stuff. Like, that's okay. what I would encourage any Bengals fan to do.
0: Okay. All right. Zim, you're the man. Control I mean, you, what you, you can you, control. You, you you you're selling hope, and everybody's looking for hope. So you demand, Zim. You demand. Joseph Lee Burrow! <laughs> don't you ever forget the name, people.
3: Hey, look, hey, I'm going to tell you what. If we don't win games, I'll be damned if we ain't going to have some fun, Tom.
0: All right. That's why we love having you here, Zim, and we're blessed to have you. We're lucky to have you. Uh, it looks like a bright, sunny day there back in your neck of the woods. Uh, are, are you still taking care of the koi? Everybody doing all right? Hold on, let me show you The hell are you How doing, Zim?
3: I want to show you something.
0: All right. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see.
3: show you something. How you switch the camera? Hey, you're,
0: you're, uh, no, I'm you're not sure I, if I you can. I don't know. You're above my pace. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Woodsy I man.
3: You. I, you, yeah. Now, yeah, I was going to show you. I live in the Like, I was going to die. Like, where you know, i it's, it's beautiful. You got to. I mean, it, it was a rough night, rough day. I'm so sorry to hear about the Zimmer situation. Yep. Look, I'm, but I wish you could see this. It's like a thousand trees. Haven't fallen yet. You know, all the leaves haven't fallen yet. I'm still growing out here, and I'm still learning every day.
0: Amen, brother. Amen. Zim, you're the man. Thank you for your time today. Zim Hooding. there he is. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's selling hope. Yeah, and it's like it's like we were
2: talking about earlier, right? You win the next couple of games. You have that bi-week mixed in there some guys get healthy it's all right casey man it's, it's all right casey there's reason to be optimistic you can either ha- the is the glass right now it's a half a glass of water it's not a full glass of water i'll tell you what it's not a full glass of water but damn if there's not half a glass of water and it's either half full or half empty i'm gonna choose to believe half full yeah i mean I'm going to choose to believe half full. It's just how you got to do it. I mean, look, there's just too few games in the NFL season to go into every week and let yourself get beat up mentally and think about how long of this season it could be. There's a lot of reason that you can be negative about this right now. But, look, guys get healthy. You win these next couple of games, then you got to go down to Tennessee. You got to win that game.
0: But – It doesn't matter if you don't win these next two. Here's some breaking news for you, fellas. A team that is not happy with the way things are going on offense. They benched, of course, their starting quarterback a week ago in Matt Ryan. The Indianapolis Colts today have fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. Gone. Frank Reich. Colts offense has scored 17 or fewer in five of their last uh, of their eight games this season. They're three, four, and one. Sam Ellinger uh, replaced Ryan, as you know, last week. Uh, and they lost 17-16 to the Washington Football Wizards. You know, one thing I forgot to uh, mention. Tonight is going to be very interesting. It is the first college Football playoff rankings, Maction, being announced not, not tonight, Maction. and of course Maxion, the Ohio University, big one tonight. Yeah, big one. Huge but anyway, one. so um, this is really going to be interesting tonight because you have what six unbeaten's left? Is that right? I think you have Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, TCU, Michigan, and Michigan. You've got six unbeaten. Okay, and there's been a lot of talk, a little bit of movement this week. Tennessee, for example, moved up into a second-place tie in the AP voting uh, with Ohio State, Georgia number one. Michigan's look really good. Clemson is kind of eh, – they're still undefeated. They've got some quality wins. They go to South Bend this weekend. That could be an interesting game. Yeah. Notre Dame, you know, I mean, they've been up and down, but uh, that's Clemson going to South Bend. And then you got TCU. Uh, plays Texas Tech at home this week. They go to Texas the following week. Uh, and then they have Baylor left on their schedule. It's going to be really interesting to see. And, of course, two of those teams play one another this weekend, Tennessee and Georgia. So one of those will drop into the uh, off the ranks of the unbeaten, right? Yeah. So uh, I think that is really going to be – give me right now before we take a break and get to Tracy, give me right now who you think – the top four teams will be in no particular order. Okay. But who do you think they will be? Go. You want me to go first, Casey? You go yeah, you ahead?
1: go first. Go okay.
2: Ahead. I'll give you Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State. Who's that fourth? Is it Clemson or Michigan? It, to me, it's it's got to be Michigan. What will the committee do? I think it's Michigan. I think Michigan gets that first spot. I think.
0: Spot. I think. I think we all agree. Michigan has looked like the superior team. If they played, you'd bet on Michigan to win the game. Yeah. Take point spreads, whatever it is. But I think there is a a case to be made that Clemson. If you buy into some of these rankings with the ACC, I, I don't know so much if I do. But Wake Forest has a good team. Clemson beat them. NC State has a good team. Clemson beat them. Syracuse was undefeated and ranked in the top 12. Clemson beat them. So what does that count for, or is it the eye test? Casey, you like that top? I'm with you. That's my top four as well, in no particular order. Casey?
1: Yeah, I would say Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. Those okay. are my four.
0: All right, it's going to be really interesting to see. I Honestly, here's a little hot take for you.
2: I'd probably have Clemson seventh. I'd, yeah. I'd put TCU and Alabama ahead of
0: Clemson. I mean, you know, I, I read some boy the other day. I, I mean, for the life of me, and we said it when Oregon and UCLA were both ranked in the top 10 two weeks ago and they played. UCLA was ninth undefeated, Oregon's 10th. They haven't lost since they got massacred down there in Georgia the first game of the year, 49-3. to And I read somewhere where some writer who covers gets paid to cover college football said that Oregon is the best one-loss team in the country. Yeah, I mean, oh. did, did, does does that person think that Oregon would beat Alabama? Oof. I mean, seriously, who I mean, writes this? Stuff. Oregon's well, got a good team. I hang thought,
1: on, they almost lost to Texas without. I, I understand without that, the but US. the
0: bottom line is it's Oregon against Alabama. Uh, I think that with Bo Nix at quarterback, who's played great since that first game. Bo is terrible, though. He's not terrible. He's having a really good year. (laughs) He stinks. Um, I I mean, I I
2: think the problem with Georgia – or, sorry, the problem with Oregon is that 49-3 loss to Georgia. If that doesn't happen, the Pac-12, regardless of what you think of it, they have an 8, 9, and 10 team in the country right now. Oregon, UCLA, USC. (laughs) 8, 9, and 10. That's a joke. That is a total – joke and and utah right behind them at 12
0: yeah, i mean that's a joke four of the top 15 teams you know okay well based on what you just said it will be interesting tonight to find out okay just let, let, let's take ucla out of the mix because they, they you know let's take them out who will be ranked higher tonight in the polls oregon or usc they won't be in the top four No. they won't be in the yeah, top five they no. won't be in the top six but um who will be higher between those two teams all right, we've had enough serious stuff here today, and maybe Tracy Jones wants to be serious when he joins us here in about five minutes. We're going to take a break, and we're going to try and lighten the mood, okay? It's like Casey tonight spending the first night in his new house. We're going to lighten the mood a little. We're back in a moment. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Uh, each and every Tuesday and Thursday, we call it the best 30 minutes on television today better than anything you're gonna find on you know amazon prime or netflix or certainly network television um and that is our bi-weekly visit with our good friend tracy jones tray oh that's right tracer you're down in florida
4: on this uh, second vacation within the last what uh, two weeks Caught a situation again, Tom. I'm paying all that money to stay here. No cable, so I didn't get a chance to watch the Bengal game. I heard it was a disaster. Problem with the offensive line once again. And then I'm too far away from the water, as you can tell. I mean, I thought I was going to be a lot closer. I'm probably, I don't know, 20 yards, you know, to the water. It's just it's one thing after another. And I'm not a complainer at all. But you know, this this is it. I'm tired of being taken advantage of. Well, but, but, it. But,
0: but, well, you know, but but when you say that, Tracy, and you talked about, for those that weren't with us, you were at a six-star. I've never heard of a six-star, but you were at a yeah. six-star resort down in Mexico. Cancun, I think it was. Um, you paid a small fortune, tip money for guys like you, but a small fortune for guys like me and certainly Casey and Paul. Um, and sure. and you get down there and you referred to it. The opening line, your first day there, was you called the place a duck. And now you're sitting at a place where again, you're spending a small fortune, it's a big house, right? Who's doing all the investigative work ahead of time for you before you're spending all these these dollars on on places you're staying?
4: Well, it's the person I married, my wife, Danae, and she is doing a horrible job as far as planning our vacations. Now, next uh, month, actually not next month, in three weeks, I'll be at Danae's mom's beach house in Santa Barbara, and I'll give you an update from there. Hopefully, it'll be better than the last two dumps we've stayed at.
0: So uh, you got the coffee going. You got the hat going. Um, uh, oh. How do you spend most of your days? Because for those who don't know, you're managing tens of millions of dollars of other people's money in your uh, financial business. Uh, you are a uh, landlord, multiple units, uh, maybe not quite what town properties might be, but multiple units in and around greater Cincinnati and northern Kentucky. Um, so for a guy like you, I'd imagine you got to kind of stay connected, but at the same time, you want to sort of check out a little bit. So what's your day like down there?
4: Well, you know what? I have a, a couple of clients that I'm going to call after I get off this, uh, this little thing we this video that I do with you. Touch base there. I have some papers that I have to have signed and, and get out. There's some responsibility here. I'm a little little uptight today because I do have some important stuff that I have to get to. It was just nice uh, the other night that I got invited to a Halloween party here in Florida. And Danae and I dressed up and, and really had a good time. It was a lot of fun. I love Halloween parties, by the way, Tom.
0: Well, you guys dressed up? What did you dress up as?
4: Well, Danae went as uh, Elvira. Um, no problems with the boobs. It was getting the black wig to go over, and then I went as Dirt Diggler, who I really enjoyed. It was a—you remember that movie, right?
0: No. What movie is that? Oh,
4: uh, never mind. It was a—never uh, mind. Google it, Tom. Google it. It was a story of John Holmes. Do you remember that guy? Yeah,
0: well, now I do know that name. That name—you uh, yeah. really
4: are clueless, aren't you? Who's more I really clueless? am. I, I really a Hammer Hammer Edwards.
0: Uh so well, true. you know speaking of, uh, say good morning uh to uh Casey
4: and Paul, fellas, Tracy down in Florida. Morning. How's it going? Good morning. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what. And just to serious up cuz Tom, I know you like to talk baseball and that's why you have me in. Happened to have a chance when we stopped at the Four Seasons on our way down south to yep. watch the ball game, the World Series game, Astros Phillies. Baseball is the best game going love it. But it's it's a game that you really have to sit and watch and analyze. it's very cerebral. And it really upsets me that the baseball uh, analysts, uh, people like yourself who have the attention span of a gnat um, want to rearrange the game of baseball, you know, put a guy at second base or don't allow the shift. I found the game very enjoyable. Valdez, the pitcher for the Astros got great curveball. Great curve. And Wheeler was a little tired, Tom. I know you like Wheeler, but he was a little off. But I think baseball is a great game when every pitch matters. And I really broke it down, watched the entire game, and loved it. It's the best game going. And people will say it's boring, right? You ever watch a soccer game with all those grass fairies out there? Yeah,
0: but, but Tracy, you're comparing now. Look, here's the deal, okay? You know you're really reaching. To go to bat for baseball, when you're comparing baseball to soccer. All right, most people, when they think about baseball, they're thinking of the three major sports. And I know the hockey fans get bent out of shape about it, okay? That's fine. But the three major American sports are basketball, football, and baseball. You can't tell me that baseball is a more exciting sport than those other two. When you're taking 35 and 40 pitches in between, you know, I mean, come on. They
4: have to have a
0: pitch clock.
4: That's because the game of baseball is cerebral. Do you know what the word cerebral means, Tom? You have to, well, I know Casey and boys don't know, but you have (laughs) to think about what is going on in the game. Everything is important. Is he going to throw a curveball here? Is he going to throw a fastball? Is he going to come in? Is he going to go away? You know, it, it's just, it's a great game. And I don't like how people are trying to change it. You're not going to appeal to that loser crowd who watches the NBA, right? Those guys can't think, right? That, that's not a thinking. Baseball is. So don't try to appeal to that group because you're not going to win.
0: All right. So you look at the uh, the World Series here and, you know, it, it, it It is interesting. I will concede this. It is interesting when you get into the World Series, how all of a sudden there are guys that have been doing something really, really well over a 162-game schedule, okay? And I primarily focus in here on pitchers, right? Yes. So here you have Justin Verlander, who is going to be, without a doubt, the American League Cy Young Award winner this year. It'll be his third if he wins it. Um, he was terrible in his first game in the division series. He pitched well his only start in the league championship series against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And then he can't hold as a number one starter a 5 nothing lead in game one. You have Aaron Nola and you mentioned Zach Wheeler, who have been as good as anyone to punch on any team in Major League Baseball, maybe the Mets uh, notwithstanding when they have Scherzer and DeGrom healthy. But all of a sudden, these two guys, and you said, maybe tired. And, and I think that is a valid point that you're getting near the end of this season. You're at the end of this season. And you've got some of the biggest stars in the game. And you wonder how much they have left in the tank, at least as far as starting pitchers go.
4: And, and that's a good point. And I think having the rain out yesterday or last night yep. is going to help. I got to say it's going to help the Phillies. Because what I saw with Zach Wheeler, he really looked tired. He wasn't spotting his pitches at all. And he does have really good stuff, Tom. I agree with you. I think giving him more days off, but also maybe pushing back Verlander. I think Lance McCullers Jr. is going tonight. I think, though, all in all, it's going to benefit the Phillies pitching by getting that day off. And we'll see what happens. But can you imagine the excitement in Philadelphia? (laughs) What a game. I'd love to be there.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. Although I don't know if you saw the column written by John Heyman. You know John Heyman, New York Post, I think he is. Great baseball writer, been around a long, long time. I guess he sent the Phillies fans completely off the reservation uh, by pointing out in a column yesterday that he actually feels sorry for the Houston Astros of having to go play in Philadelphia with what – uh, they're going to have to endure with that fan base inside of Philly. Because you and I both know, I mean, there are two places on the planet where, man, they can let you have it like no other. And that's New York and Philadelphia. They are going to I be li- rocking the night.
4: But what I like about the Philly fans, New York fan, and I'll throw in Chicago as well, we talked about this about a month ago. They really do, do know the opposing, yeah. opposing team. Yeah. They know the players, they know your history. I mean, they're, they're actually funny and amusing. I remember being in Philadelphia and they started yelling, Tracy, Tracy, and they go, what's your, what's your sister's name, Bob? You know, making fun of my name. <laughs> I thought that was creative and I thought it was kind of funny. You know, it's that creativity. They talk about, you know, if you're in a slump, if you're hitting the ball well, they just know the opposing team. And that's a little different than you go to some places and they just know the home team, not in Philadelphia. Not in New York and not in Chicago. In LA, they have no idea who the opposing team is.
0: Do, do players, do you ever, and, and, and you know, um, um, you, know, they were using cave drawings, not necessarily television back when you were playing. But w- well, was scary. there ever a time where um, was there ever a time where you would give it back to the fans? You know, if they're on you and you're out in the outfield in your case, where you found the right spot, maybe the end of a half inning, maybe coming back out to start the next half inning, whatever it might be, where you actually give it back to him a little bit? you remember something
4: like that happening? Yeah, I do. And, Tom, I don't know if you remember when I played, I was known as a bit of a hothead, and I overreacted sometimes. And I go back to the time of playing in Wrigley Field, true story, playing center field because Eric was hurt again. And so I'm playing center field, and it was cup day. You know how they used to have those plastic cups. So someone threw a plastic cup at me, and it was behind my my feet. It was in my right behind me. And as Tom Browning went to pitch, I picked up the cup and I winged it into the stands. And you know how center field didn't have any people in it, right? It was empty. Right. Right. And the 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 plastic cup shattered, and people started just bombarding the, the field with this plastic cups that they had a giveaway. And they had to stop the game. Uh, Jerry Crawford pulled me off the field. And I remember going in the dugout. And Pete goes, what the hell did you just do? I says, What are you talking about? He says, I know you did something out there. I don't know what you did, but you did something to the fans. And they had to take 10 to 15 minutes and clear all the cups from the field. But what about
0: about saying something back to one of the fans? Uh, Say, I mean, you 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 might be breaking up on us. Have Have you ever gotten into a verbal exchange with any of the fans? Anything like that?
4: Yes, actually a verbal situation in Cincinnati when I was playing for the Giants and said something to a kid and his dad. And I used the F word, and I didn't see the kid, Tom. I didn't Mm. see the kid. And I saw the day he was yelling at me, you know, you're hitting 189. I was playing right field. I turned to him, and I dropped the F-bomb, and I didn't see the kid. And he had to be six or seven years old. I felt so bad. I still feel bad to this day. And that guy would call extra innings every year, and I would apologize to him. You're kidding. Honestly. No, he would call and he ended up being a big time listener of the show. And I apologize to him and his kid for using that kind of language, total uh, lack of respect and, and just, you know, just reacting and not thinking. And it was embarrassing for me because everyone heard it in the stands. It was packed. I was frustrated and I took it out on this fan and to embarrass myself in front of some young, uh, just watching maybe his first or second game and using that kind of language uh, you know, I do have boundaries and I crossed one there.
0: Okay. All right. But at least you apologize for it. You've had a chance to talk to the guy. That's very nice when you have that opportunity to sort of make amends and, and apologize and hope that people can be forgiving. And it sounds like he was. And, and so that's good stuff. Um, I, but, but, I was starting to ask you about the rest of your day, uh, being a Southern Californian, uh, you know, you were a great baseball player, a great football player, a great basketball player, all of those things. Were you ever a great surfer? And do you take any of that with you on the road when you go to some of these places you've been visiting and currently are at right now?
4: You know, I did surf. I had a Weber surfboard, if you go back that far. Uh, the only problem is, Tom, I can't swim. I'm a very poor swimmer. I hate to admit that I can run, I can jump, I can do, but I cannot swim. So being a surfer, I had to really be careful I didn't go out too deep, but I was one of those up at five o'clock and go out there and surf, catch a couple of waves, uh, maybe hang 10 or 12. I was so good, I would hang 12 and then call it quits. And the only reason I did it, and let's be honest here, I'm not trying to fool you people, is because of the wool. I mean, if you surfed in California, you pulled a lot of wool. Uh, Paul and Casey have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But yeah, I surfed because of girls.
0: Did you have any friends like Spicoli?
4: (laughs) First of all, did I have any friends? Not many. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Does that surprise you?
0: (laughs) No, not at all, in the least bit. But did you have any friends like Spicoli? Because there were dozens of those like in every high school in Southern California, right?
4: You know what? I didn't have friends like that. I didn't have dope smoking, burnout friends like that. My friends were athletes. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. You had the guys that were the cool guys, which I didn't hang out with. But then you also had the the dope smokers. And I did not hang out with Spicoli. That would be too much for me. Athletes don't hang out with those people. I mean, you didn't hang out with those guys, right?
0: Actually, I did. They, they, they were my closest oh. friends when I was growing up. They, they, they were well, my closest friends, but that's okay. I mean, it's no big deal. You, you grow up and you learn that maybe um, I might actually still hang out with some of those guys now that I think about it. Tracy, um, we asked you last week because we knew we weren't going to see you until on Tuesday, but we, we, we told you last week that Casey was getting oh. the, the, the keys to his new house yesterday so right you know we were asking for a little advice whatever it might be well it turns out casey decides yes he got the keys he didn't move in yesterday uh he is moving in tonight there is no monday night football to take away his attention from his new house his bride-to-be they're moving in tomorrow Um, Can you add anything perhaps now on a free, clear Tuesday night outside of the World Series, but Casey doesn't care about that, uh, of how his night should go? Casey, you got your ears open over there? Yep. All right. Tracer?
4: Yeah, well, Casey, what I would do is I would get your, uh, I would have your drink of choice. I don't know if that's old Milwaukee, maybe Mickey's Big Mouth, uh, maybe some (laughs) Boone's Farm. But get get her all liquored up because that, you know, get her all licking her up. I'm sure you guys have some wild times like I did with Danae the other night when she dressed as Elvira and I was Dirk Diggler. Google that, Tom, will you please? Uh, but just, just, you know, just enjoy that you're a, a 25-year-old young man and you're able to have a nice home for 250. All kidding aside, you should be very proud of yourself, but uh, proud of yourself, but she's the breadwinner. That's, that's what's kind of sad in this situation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think we'll uh, probably do some celebrating. We did a, some pre-game celebration. We went out to Texas Roadhouse, a very fine establishment, um, perfect for a couple of eggers like me and Paul here. Um, so we went out and celebrated a little bit, and then uh, we're gonna move in some of the boxes today. I think we're gonna move okay. all of our big furniture saturday i think that's the plan so we're going to actually start living in that house saturday night
4: now the texas roadhouse is that like uh ponderosa or golden corral it's kind of like like that that,
0: but 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 it's it's a uh they have them all over and i understand they're really good
1: they are really good
0: what do you get there
1: well you get a free appetizer when you go there with with bread rolls let's stop there tracy
0: free appetizer and bread rolls if you're gonna order an entree. Your thoughts on that right from the get-go? You know,
4: I've never been to a place like that. I mean, it kind of cheapens the product if you have to give something away for free, right? I mean, you want an upcharge. I go to places that give you an upcharge, right? Not, not give you a free appetizer. It's like, <laughs> hey, listen, let me give you some uh, tater tots as a, your free appetizer. Like, who cares? Just give me the, 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 the shrimp cocktail, giant size, that like they have at Walt's and Post. Or king crab leg, maybe the cold. You know what I'm talking about with the dipping sauce, Tom. Of course, you don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. But,
0: but I the, do uh, like tater tots, but, too. I got to tell you, I love tater tots. But go ahead.
4: No, just the whole uh, going to a place like that. That's high end for you? Um, it, that's, it's, that's, it's nice. It's nice. It's yeah. nice. But that's all you know. Right. That's all, you know, you that's don't all know we any like. Yeah. That's, that's, it, it, it satisfies you know. our needs. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, so go ahead. So you get the appetizer for free. You yeah. get the, 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 bread rolls. Right. Yep.
1: And, okay. and, and then my fiance and I, we get bone in ribeyes.
0: Ooh, boy. Bone oh, rib eyes oh. In
1: house salad. Yep. And, uh, we, we, we get some fries or some tater tots or
4: some baked potato skins. <laughs> Uh, What kind of dressing do you get on your salad? Ranch. Ranch. Oh, ranch. Ranch is very common. Yeah. Yeah. I I get Caesar salad with anchovies. I'm used to having a Caesar salad made at my table with crushed anchovies. You know where Caesar salad came from? Who originated the Caesar salad? If anyone gets this, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Who, 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 Tracy? Um. Mexico. Really?
0: Is that a fact?
4: Yes. Yeah. That. Look at here. Google it, Tom. Did you finally get to Dirk Diggler?
0: I did. We, we moved on.
4: <laughs> we moved on. We all moved on. Okay, Mexico. Where did it originate? Caesar salad.
0: Well, let's take a look. I mean, Caesar, the history is, it goes back, actually, Tracy, um, an Italian immigrant who operated restaurants in Mexico.
4: There we go. Just remember who you're talking to. I am a Renaissance.
0: And his name is Caesar or Cesar. His name, it comes from Caesar Cardini, an Italian immigrant who operated restaurants in Mexico and the United States. Um, His daughter Rosa recounted that her father invented the salad at his Prohibition era restaurant in Tijuana, Mexico. On the 4th of July, he went on to live in San Diego and operate restaurants yes. there and in Tijuana. So you you're on your game, Tracer.
4: Yeah, I mean, a renaissance man. Very, I'm um, you know, got 94 on my Series 7 test. So, you know, that that says a lot right there. It says a lot.
0: We have never asked you on this program for your um, it's a hard market to be a part of. You know what I mean? And I know you're not wanting you know to what? just hand out, you know, yeah. without getting some yeah. cash on the deal. But uh, for a lot of us who have watched and, and I love Bill Cunningham's line, uh, our 401k has turned into a 201k. I just opened right. uh, the, the mail I got on mine the other day, and I wanted to get sick. Uh, any stock advice for, or money advice for any of us out there? We have thousands watching the show.
4: What would you be yeah. doing? You right know, now? actually, I'm not allowed to give advice. This is on a serious note because I can I can have my license taken away. I'm not supposed to do any advertising, okay. Okay. anything. Because if, if I could, I would advise, you know, people as to what to do. Let me just say this: October, that was the be- best month for the Dow since nineteen seventy-six. It was up eight percent. So we've recouped a little bit. I'm gonna give you people a heads up. Just macro. My take on things, and I'm talking about the country as well, I think we're in for some really, really tough times. And I would prepare. All kidding aside, I'm always joking. I just feel like we're in some bad times. The money that we've printed, remember, we haven't had a down market really since 2008. So I would just be prepared for another down. We've had a couple of rallies, right, into this bear market, but that's quite common. There are, there are market rallies in a bear market. A bear market is considered 20% down or more. We are in a bear market. So just please be careful. Um, talk to your financial advisor, do whatever. You, but just be careful, big picture. Okay. okay.
0: We appreciate that. Paul, do you have anything that's on your mind before we let Tracy get back to his uh, exclusive vacation?
2: Oh, no. I just I saw this outfit here from Tracy and the hat and the sunglasses and everything. And we've had some questions about witness protection. I was just making sure, Tracy, <laughs> everything was okay down there. Are you okay? You're not running well, from everything? I'm sweating like,
4: as my dad used to say, a whore in church. Um, I am really, really sweaty. Uh, it's hot. It's 89 degrees out here. Do you guys see the water right behind me? Can you guys see that? It's very cool. Um, I'm fine. I've had serious skin cancer. You know, Tom, probably make fun of it. But No, that's why I would I not. It. I've
0: had stuff cut off. Me too. I, I, I get it. I get it.
4: Isn't it terrible? I mean, my well, ear's been rebuilt. I've got 19 stitches here. Uh, so I've got to watch the skin cancer, but I love the heat. I love the water. And I apologize, uh, for the the view, you guys, I, I got to do a better job. And this place is just a, just a pit, just a pit.
0: Is it just you and Danae there? Or do you have, did that couple come with you from uh, England? Did they fly back over the pond and join you down there?
4: The swingers from Great Britain did not come. Uh, we left them in Cancun. (laughs) Although I will say it was interesting with the woman. Uh, She had a lot going on. She was missing some, a few teeth, which I thought was interesting, Uh, but we left them in Cancun.
0: (laughs) So who's down there with the two of you now, or is it just the two of you?
4: It's just the two of us. I think our families are coming in the next couple of days. And Tucker, you know Tucker's here.
0: Uh, We love Tucker. You gotta
4: bring the dog. He's got a bad stomach though, Tom. He's got well a bad that's boiler that's working. from
0: carrying around his, what do you call him? Nudicles. That's from carrying around the nudicles of a mastiff. He's got a bad well, boiler because you did something to him a, that really shouldn't have been done.
4: He's very popular in Florida too. There was another couple of dogs that saw him when he was dragging his nudicles and they were all over Tucker. That, those nudicles, and that was a real thing. You guys did you guys Google that? <laughs> yes, we, we did. did. We did. Yes, we did. Was I right?
0: You were spot on. You guys
4: are learning a lot. Yeah, Tucker's real popular in Florida, just like he's popular in Kentucky. Every place where Tucker goes, the girl dogs love him. Even a couple of boy dogs love him. Not that there's anything wrong with that.
0: Tracer, enjoy the rest of your vacation at your exclusive haunt along the western edge of the uh, Florida coast. And let me just say the, the Bengal
4: they gotta do something about that offensive line. I didn't get a chance to watch the oh, game because boy. my cable's out. You spend ten thousand dollars, you think you'd spend get cable. Um but they've gotta do something about that offensive line. They gotta That's spend some it? money on that offensive line next year, don't they?
0: <laughs> what the problem? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree, Tracy. I agree. Yeah. Spend some money. All right, fellas, tell Tracy goodbye.
4: Bye, Tracy.
0: Tracy, enjoy your yeah, week.
4: Right, Tracy. See Paul. You guys take Zip. it easy. All right, Tracy. By the way, one more thing. One more thing. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job. You guys are doing a great job.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. We
0: appreciate that. They're on their game. We're trying. That Tracy absolutely Jones. absolutely nothing. You. <laughs> Glass it half was. full kind of guy is a tracer. That's yeah. why we love him. Glass half full kind of a guy. So we thank Tracy Jones for his time, and he's back to his vacation. I mean, look at him. He's looking good. Yeah. Always is. Good. Always is. Always is. We good. love the Tracer. Um, so do we have a cherry on top before we get out of here today? Uh, yeah,
2: I'm going to pitch it back to uh, to Brandon as our cherry on top today for the Mental Game Podcast okay. uh, launching tonight. Okay. Just want to give him one more one more shout-out for the people that maybe were tuning in here to the end that the Mental Game Podcast, Brandon Sejos podcast, is launching tonight at 8. You can subscribe on his YouTube channel, the Mental Game Podcast, and all the podcast platforms, too. Okay, I want to thank
0: everybody from uh, Jolly Jolly Reed, um, Sir Boy Wonder, USA Veteran Retired. We always say thank you for your service. We always thank those that have, that are, and that will serve in the United States military. Um, I mean, they, they just AJ, Andrew, purchasing GSS. Uh, we thank all of you. For joining us each and every day. Tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. I I, I got some work to do tomorrow or tonight uh, to get ready for um, Bronson Arroyo. I made the comment the other day when he was elected into the Reds Hall of Fame. And that induction will be this summer. That he was one of the coolest athletes I've ever been around. And it's easy to say. I mean, everybody thinks Bronson Arroyo is cool, right? I mean, the band. hair the way he goes about his business the way he used to pitch big high leg kick different arm angles just just cool guy but he's also a a really smart guy he and i used to have uh very interesting conversations um and the only time you travel with a major league baseball team where the staff ends up on the same bus as the players because normally when you land um, and, and there's two buses on the tarmac right or after the last game of the series, when you're going to the airport, it's players on one uh, bus, maybe one coach. uh, And then the coaches, the trainers, the broadcasters, the ancillary people are on another bus. But the times where you're on the same bus is after a game on the road where you're not traveling. So if you're playing on a Tuesday night in Miami, you have one bus, everybody piles in the bus, Uh, to go back to the hotel. Not everybody takes a bus. Some guy takes cabs, Ubers, whatever. Um, But it it seemed like dozens of times, uh, Arroyo and I would sit next to one another and start having conversations about, yeah, baseball. He was very interested in the semantics of broadcasting, like who critiques the broadcasters? What do they say to broadcasters? Uh, He has a a lot of really interesting things about him growing up. And there was a phenomenal article written the other day about him. You may have seen this. That he had won a World Series with the Boston Red Sox. And then he finds out he's traded to Cincinnati. And we'll ask him about this tomorrow and let him put into his words for all of you watching. But he was not excited about this move at all. I mean, we love Cincinnati. I'm a Cincinnati guy. Paul, you become a Cincinnati guy. Casey, you're a Cincinnati guy. Nobody loves this town more than I do. But to a lot of other people who really don't know the town, they haven't spent much time in the town, it's not a cool place. And Bronson Arroyo has always been a cool guy. And he was not looking forward to coming here. Well, here we are, these many years later. And while he still spends a lot of time in Florida where he grew up, He's spending the rest of his time here in Cincinnati. It's become his home. And we'll let him tell me and you and all of us tomorrow how that transformation happened. And by the way, my cherry on top, I got a cherry on top. All right. UDF. Okay. I read today that U.S. News and World Report came out with its annual top 200 places in America to retire okay Cincinnati was 34th Hmm. that's pretty doggone good doesn't stink when you consider all the warm weather places you could be going but it took into account all kinds of things cost of living level of education price of a house cost of living blah 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 traffic all these kinds of things but 34th So a salute at a tip of the cap to our hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. But we're bidding you adieu from Hamilton, Ohio. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.